discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is. That is why He told Abraham, He said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave Himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Now, even when you are working perfectly, in a very, I mean, you consider you part that you are holy. Not, I'm not talking about positional holiness, conditional one. You can see part. Even that one, never glory in it. Give him the glory for everything. Because anytime you feel that, ah, now nah, man, really, really, you know what happens? You become worse. Because you begin to judge yourself with others. And in your heart, you begin to feel you are even better, better than others. You begin to feel you are better than others. Yeah. Because the more you are being perfected, even being perfected has challenges. In being perfected, you shouldn't think you are better than others. The thought that you are better than others means you are not being perfected. <laughs> because if you were perfected, you, you would have esteemed others better than you. Hallelujah. But you are, you are telling me you are maturing, but now you don't want to greet anybody because the anointing has come. So when you come, you, you want everyone to salute you. There are people who say they are maturing, the anointing has come. But I wonder what kind of maturity is that? Because genuine maturity must make you come low. Is that not so? The real maturity must make you... The more mature you are, the more you become nothing. But this is the case we say we are maturing. And we wonder who what to bow to us. I don't think it's maturity. It's something else. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Alright, let's go to verse 22. And the father said to his servant. Now he was just telling the father, what, I mean, Lord, uh, uh, father, I'm not worthy. And quickly the father intercepted what he was saying. And quickly the father called the servant. Bring forth the best robe. Because his son was in rags. Bring forth the best robe. And you must understand that the best robe was a gift. It was given to the son. The son didn't produce it by himself. Is the best, the best robe. Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Now we have the best robe. That best robe is the workmanship of Christ. Only he can do it. The best robe. And the guy was in rags. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah 64, verse 6, that all our righteousnesses, plural, is like filthy rags. If you know the Hebrew, the Hebrew said all our righteousness is like menstrual cloth. That's the Hebrew. That's the Hebrew. We men, we don't understand. The women understand self-righteousness. That's what the Bible said. And the Bible didn't even say our sons are like filthy rocks. It says our righteousness. It's amazing. <laughs> hmm. 
And now listen, the best robe is righteousness. According to Isaiah 61 verse 10, He has given us the robe of righteousness. Isaiah 61 verse 10 is the robe of righteousness. Because our acceptance before the Father is on the merit of Christ alone and no man. Only Jesus. He becomes our robe of righteousness. We are accepted on his account and on no man's account. Look at Adam and Eve. The problem with man is that when Adam and Eve fell, they quickly took fig leaves and made aprons and sewed aprons of fig leaves and covered themselves. And you know what happened? When God was walking in the garden, they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid themselves. I wonder why they would hide themselves. Because the aprons was to cover their nakedness. If your nakedness is covered, why do you still hide? Then he said, Adam, where are thou? And Adam said, oh, I was naked, so I hid myself. I was naked. So even with his fig leaves, he acknowledged that it was nakedness. You understand? Even with the apron of fig leaves, he said it was nakedness. <laughs> so the fig leaves, which speaks of self-righteousness, and righteousness by your effort is still nakedness. It's still the shame of sin. It's still nakedness. That's why when Jesus walked upon the earth, there's only one thing he cursed. You realize there's only one thing he cursed. The fig leaves. He cursed the fig leaves. Man's religion. The fig leaves is man's attempt to approach God. But when Adam and Eve sinned, the first gospel was preached by Papa God himself. Not verbally, but non-verbally. The gospel the Father preached to Adam and Eve was formulated in an act. God just took an animal and killed the animal and made the first blood sacrifice and took the skin of the animal to clothe them. By that God was telling Adam and Eve that a guilty sinner has no standing before him except by the shed blood. And number two, the covering for our shame and nakedness must not come from ourselves. It must come from God. Because God himself killed the animal and provided the clothing for man. It came from God himself. And that is what Cain couldn't learn. Cain couldn't learn that. And what Cain did was that he took the produce of the field and the, product, the produce of his own works and presented it unto God. He couldn't learn it. And today, aside from Christianity, all other religions are fig leaf religions. They are all trying to approach God by their self-effort. By what they can do. Trying to merit it. It's a fig leaf religion. Praying five times a day. Fig leaf religion. Hallelujah. Yeah. You must know that because you, you, are, you are now in the best room. You know how God treats you. Now, in those days, the best room was for distinguished guests, honorables in the society. When you come to the wealthy man's house, when you sit at a dinner, they will come and put the best robe on you. Giving you special honor. You are distinguished. Today we all have the best robe. We are, we are, all, of, we are all God's distinguished guests. We are all special. Hallelujah. It reminds me of Judas Iscariot. Judas Iscariot. Jesus, for knowing that Jesus was going to betray him, 
showed him greater love. Now, let me ask you a question. If you know that your roommate is going to betray you the next day, what will you do to him? You must betray him before he betrays you. <laughs> you know, but Jesus, knowing that Judas was going to betray him, when they sat at the Lord's table, you know, he said all of them, but when he came to Judas, he treated him specially. He didn't pass it to him. He took the bread and dipped it in the cup and gave it to him. In those days, if I have a special guest of honor, you know, the person is so honorable, that's how you serve him. You don't serve him like, like the others. So Jesus served Judas specially from the rest of the disciples to strike a chord in his heart, to just still show him how much he loves him. Yet having received so much love, he did nothing with it. We have the best robe. Hallelujah. Today we are accepted, as I said yesterday, before the Father, just as Jesus. And that's amazing. Can you, in those days, when I was a young Christian, my challenge was this. I used to evangelize often, pray, sometimes daily, evangelize, evangelize. Whenever I have not evangelized, I couldn't pray well. I felt like God is not pleased with me. But anytime I evangelize and I preach and I, you know, with a megaphone and I walk straight to God because I feel like I deserve it. It's totally wrong. It was a wrong foundation that could have destroyed me. It's a very wrong foundation. We have the best rope. That best rope is Christ himself. When you stand before the Father, he sees you as Jesus. Yeah. Those who are acceptable in Christ are acceptable as Christ. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I see, whether they be things in heaven or on earth. And ye who were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, has he now reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. Amazing. So right now, anytime you stand before the Lord, you know how the Father sees you, holy, unblameable, without reproach. You think it's in your efforts? No. Right now, even I thought you are thinking, if God is to, I mean, no, it's just on Christ. Praise God. Yeah. That is it. And that's the grounds for acceptance. And if you know that, you can do exploit for him. Now this best robe is so beautiful. If you know how nice the robe is, it will affect your living. I normally give this example. Have you realized that the day you are well dressed, maybe you are going for a wedding, and you take time to do all your makeup. Normally you use 30 minutes, but this time you use 2 hours for your makeup. <laughs> you are not married, how do you know? <laughs> what I can tell your mother or your sister? <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, you take, and your dress, I mean. 
just select the best for this special wedding. I must prove a point at this wedding. All the guys who broke my heart, I must let them know that God is with me. Then, have you realized that you are careful where you sit? Can you see this place when you are, your, you are dressed like that? You can't sit. You can't sit here. Why? Because of the consciousness of what you are dressed in. Because of consciousness. But if you are dressed anyhow, you know, you came to work in this place, you can even wallow, you can even just, you know, sit outside and there wouldn't be any problem. Yeah. If you know who you are in Christ and who he is in you, if you know you are robed with the best robe, you check your conduct. Because you know that you are so, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified by the name of the Lord and by the Spirit of our God. You know that by one sacrifice he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. You know your estate and who you are, the glory, the realm, the class, the plane, the place where you belong. So you walk upright, you, you just, hallelujah. You can't, you can't do what others are doing. Yeah. Your position affects your condition. Your position is who you are, what Christ has made you. Your condition is what you are doing. It's only a child. Who, when you have dressed a child, one day we're going out and my daughter's at the back there. We dressed this, dressed her with this very nice dress. My wife took time. What she was, I think it was sent from London or something. My sister sent, it was so nice. Can you imagine we're going out for a very special program? After we dressed her, we saw her rolling on the floor. <laughs> I was so disappointed. I felt like, don't you know that? No, he not. <laughs> now, to know your dress and to go back to your debt means that you are still not matured. It's only children who do that. It's only children who have, haven't dressed them, they go back. But, but if you appreciate the best robe, you see, the, 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 the amazement, the appreciation itself will keep you. Yes. Hallelujah. It's so precious. I mean, I mean, you are washed. Hallelujah. Give your head maybe a high five and say, I mean, you are washed. I mean, we, are, we, are, we belong to a certain category. We belong to a certain category. Alright, let's go on. And put and put a ring on his hand. And put a ring. So the first one is the best rule. The second one is a ring on his hand. If you have a ring on your hand, just do this and let me see. I'm going to pray for marital grace. So that every weekend we have wedding in this place. The reason for this auditorium is because of your wedding. Thank God he didn't marry Elia. 
Thank God you married earlier. <laughs> this nice auditorium. What is this ring? He gave him a ring. Now listen. The ring we are speaking about is not like this ring. It's different. It's not like this ring. In those days, those who belonged to royalty, the aristocrat or the elite class, they had a certain kind of ring. It was an insignia. It was a badge of their authority or honor. And that ring also had a seal. The rings in those days had seals on them. <laughs> and then, in ancient time, the ring was like the present, the present day, um, what do you say? Yes, of course, the seal. The ring had a seal, so it's a stamp. Uh-huh. So, for instance, but the thing is that the ring was like the present day Visa card. You don't buy things with money if you have the ring. Yeah. You can go to a place and buy things, and when you finish, They'll bring this clay tablet. And when you are leaving, just set your seal on the object and you walk away. <laughs> it was for few people. For few people. And what beat my mind is this. Why would this man give that ring to someone who had wasted his resources? Like what you said, A. Why would he do that? The guy has wasted all your inheritance and wished you dead that you gave him the ring. And when you carry the ring, you can buy anything, you can eat anything you want to eat, you can purchase anything you want to purchase. You are just wealthy. It speaks of authority. Everyone respects you. When the people see it, they just salute you. You belong to another class altogether. Wow. It's only God who can do that. It's only Jesus who can make Judas Iscariot, who was a thief. Only Jesus can make him the treasurer, a thief, a treasurer of the apostolic college. The Bible says he knew he was a thief, yet he gave him the money back. I've tried to wonder why Jesus does what he does. So I, I'm, I'm thinking that sometimes the gift you have doesn't mean you are special. Maybe it's rooted in your weakness. <laughs> It's true, yeah. yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Now, if you know God's grace, you never see yourself high. Yeah, because you can, you can say, oh, oh, I have the, I'm the treasure, I'm the one he can trust. No, it's because we're a thief. <laughs> it's because that is your great weakness. But you see, within your weakness, when men see weakness, God sees strength. <laughs> the place of your greatest vulnerability. That's where the Lord will find the greatest strength. Out of their weakness, they will make strength. They will make strong. Your gift doesn't mean you are better than, better than us. Haven't you read Psalm 68? Thou hast ascended up on high. Thou hast given gifts unto men. Yea, the rebellious also. That the Lord God might dwell among them. Your gift doesn't mean you are holy. Than others. <laughs> That is why you can reform the church without reforming your own soul. That is why you can dictate the course of history and not do the Father's will. Hallelujah. 
The ring. Today we have the ring. You know what the ring is? Two things in one. The ring carries a seal. The ring carries a seal. Of course, the Holy Spirit is our engagement ring. Because we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. But that authority, the insignia that they carried, where they could purchase anything, the, the ring or the, 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 the ring we have received today is the name of Jesus. Yeah. That authority, the ring signifies authority, is his name. Hallelujah. Yeah. His name. Because everything is in, in that name. I know you have been taught. Everything is in that name. Then, shoes on his feet. That means the guy came, no, the guy came barefooted. The guy was so miserable, walking in rags, barefooted, walking. You could see that he was so weak. Out of, can you imagine a man who has not eaten for a long time? The man of his walking. He was just walking anyhow, tattered, scattered, spattered, tortured, tormented. <laughs> then, without, in those days, if we're high servants, you don't wear sandals, you don't wear shoes. We're high servants, you don't wear sandals. If we're an outcast, you don't wear sandals. Sandals was for sons alone. If you see someone in sandals, he's a legitimate son, a certain person, a certain man. Yeah. Outcast. High servants. You walk barefooted. So the guy walked barefooted. And aside from the best robe and the insignia, the visa card, to eat whatever he wants to eat and to buy whatever he wants to you know, he gave him shoes. So giving the, after the word here, it's actually sandal. And the shoes was like present day sandals, you know. <laughs> yeah, and he wore it. The fact that he had a sandal means that he's accepted as a son. The fact that he, is, he has the ring means he's accepted as a son. Hallelujah. That is it. He had the sandals. He has a ring. And the, the word shoes here. Now, there were different kinds of shoes in those days. Different kinds of sandals in those days. Different kinds. But there were two popular categories. One was called a sandalon, which was used by the poor people. But there was another one which was for only the wealthy, the aristocrat, Hippodema. That's the word here. Hippodema. They gave him the sandals that was for the rich class for him to wear. God cried, why? Why? <laughs> if you don't understand him, he gave it to him to wear. Remember, the guy hasn't done anything. He has just disappointed. He has just, he hasn't done. I mean, just consider this guy. He never, he, he doesn't deserve it. He couldn't earn anything. He couldn't merit anything. Everything was a free gift of the Father. All these are love gifts given to him. Praise God. And when you go on, and it just and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. Eat and be merry. So the fatted calf was killed. The fatted calf was used in the sun offering, the burnt offering, the peace offering, telling us that the works are finished already, and today we celebrate it. That whatever he would do, even Christ is a sun offering to him. Christ is a burnt offering to him. And Christ is a burnt offering. Christ is first a burnt offering as a fatted calf. 
You know what it means? The, the burnt offering was called the, the sweet silver offering. The sweet silver offering. As a burnt offering, Christ didn't die for sin. He died because he loved the Father and was willing to obey him. He died because of him. He died first for God before he died for man. Because he willingly gave himself to please the Father. And the Father cherished him. And kill it. So Christ is our burnt offering, our sin offering, our peace offering. So, you know, God doesn't... Now listen, God is merciful, but his mercy does not override, override his justice. What happens is that grace must reign, but grace can only reign through righteousness. Until God's justice is satisfied, grace cannot reign. So there's righteousness and justice first. The, 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 the claim of justice must be satisfied before grace can reign. Mercy cannot triumph, cannot override God's justice. So, God has, must kill his fatted calf to propitiate us. Beloved, today, the reason why we are escaping judgment is because Christ took our judgment. He was our fatted calf. Hallelujah. That's why we are enjoying free mercy. But the good thing is that the provision of the calf was from, from the Father himself. <laughs> That's a good thing. But now, there is eating and marrying. Let's go on. The next verse. There's another guy. But now, his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. That means that in the house, there was marrying, there was eating, there was music and dancing. They were partying in the father's house. And this is the father's house. So there must be eating in the Father's house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There must be dancing in the Father's house. There must be music in the Father's house. This is the Father's house. You wonder how the Father's house should be. But this is the Father's house. Christianity is called the feast. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 6. Let us therefore keep the feast. It's called the feast. The Bible says that he that has a merry heart has continual feast. Feasting. It, it's a time of joy. It's a time of laughter. Praise God. Yeah. You should be dancing. He has done it. If you know what he has done for you, you live in a realm of dancing, the realm of music. The Bible said that the voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteous. Rejoicing is in our tabernacle because of what he has done. You see, your Celebration is rooted in your revelation. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes your smiles determines your revelation. But you always frown. You are always despondent, in despair, disoriented, in depression. Down, 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 down. And when we look at your face, the face becomes a poor advertisement of the new creation. Your face doesn't show it. But you need to smile. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because your smile can win a soul. Praise God. Hallelujah. Your smile on the road can tell somebody that that church, what is, there's something there. They are, they are happy people. Don't they have troubles? Don't they have problems? Why? There's something with them. Yeah. There's something with that people. The, the people. These people are happy people. We see them, they're always joyful. 
great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. It's like you insult them and they can't even insult back. You step on their toes and, and they are happy. Now, what sort of people are these? Joy, happy. That's what it must be, especially in this new community. Become living at places for them. Yeah. Always be smiling. Always. Because the joy of the whole earth is in Mount Zion. That's what the Bible said. <laughs> the problem with this guy is that. Let, let's go on and see this guy. And he called one of the servants and asked, What? And asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father has killed the fatted calf, because he has received him safe and sound. And he was angry. I will not go in. Why should he be angry? The guy, he divided unto both of you an inheritance. He has not offended you, he offended the father, but why should he be angry? That's what religion can do. They're not happy for each other. And he wouldn't even go in, he was outside. Why? Because he has been working in the field all day. And he, had, he feels he has merited nothing. And this guy did nothing. And let's go on, let's go on. Therefore, he answered and said unto his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou, givest, thou never givest me a kid. You gave me a parted carful by me, not even a kid. You see, that, I'm, that I might marry, make merry with my friends. <laughs> Look at the next verse. But as soon as thy son was come, which has devoured thy living with the harlots, thou hast killed him, the fatted calf. I have never transgressed thy commandment. I have saved thee every day. He never gave me a kid. This guy has never saved you. He has been with the harlots. And you have given him not a kid, but a fatted calf, the best. That means that this guy too never understood his father's heart, though he was living in the same house with the father. Now, look at the next verse. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. That means that he could have even killed the comforted calf and invited his friends and enjoyed himself, but he was just trying to use his works to please his father. Meanwhile, what he was working for, the father had already given to him. You should work because you love him, not to merit something. <laughs> Son, all that I have ever is thine. It's thine. What are you trying to do? You're always in the field trying to... No, 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 no. You need to understand the father's heart. There are people today who are offended in the church because I know some elders, people who have been in the church for a long time. They say that, ah, I've had this problem for a long time that God is not healing me. I pay my, I pay my tithe. Sunday service, I'm there. Wednesday service, I'm there. Friday service, I'm there. I'm punctual. Look at the things I do. But this sickness has been with me 30 years. But these people came. Look at the way they are even dressed. They are not even holy enough. God is healing them. Now this is what happens in people's hearts. I wonder. God is healing them. All of such categories are in the class of the elder son. The elder son. But this guy just came. Look at the opportunity I've given him. Don't think in those lines. Make your heart right and be happy for everybody. 
They may think it may, it may not happen to you, but they may find yourself in a situation that can happen to you. You ask yourself, why me? Why me? I'll be here, oh, pastor. I never knew pastor was so ungrateful. <laughs> you see, it's difficult to say it without, but your, our heart can devise all these things. Our heart can devise all these things. Beloved, by now you should understand that God loves you. Praise God. He chose you apart from works. He's preserving you apart from works. And he loves you apart from works. He loves you so much. John said, we have known and believed the love which God has to us. God is love and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. He said, we have known and believed. You see, it is one thing to know his love and another, another thing to believe it. John said in John, 1 John 4 verse 16, we have known and believed. Two things, knowledge and faith are necessary for God's love. If we appreciate God's love, knowledge and faith, we have known and believed. There are people who know his love, but they don't believe it. They don't believe God loves them much. If I tell you that God loves you as much as he loves Jesus, will you believe it? Hmm. But it's true. In fact, God loves you as much as he loves Jesus. God loves you as though, I said yesterday, that's why you have to personalize the love of God. When I was with my mom, before my mom passed away, every day she would say, now I was young, I, 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 the whole world, Jesus loves me than any other person. Now I asked her, why? Why, why? why are you saying this? What about me? I said, Jesus, and she kept saying it. Jesus loves me than any other person. I never got to ask her, but she knew what she was saying. Hallelujah. So you can personalize his love as if you are the only one he loves. Beloved, God is all around you. And this is the Father's love. So we can take it from here and graduate to the love of the bride and the bridegroom. Yeah. The father has a son. His name is Jesus. And the father was looking for a wife for his son. And you are that bride. Yeah. Before I close, I have 10 minutes to close. Turn with me to the book of Song of Songs. All that I've been teaching was a preparation for. <laughs> Why are you excited with Song of Songs? Because you used to write love letters with Song of Solomon. I suspect you. Quoting scriptures you never understood. <laughs> Song of Songs. Yeah. I just want to touch on one or two verses and show you something. Beloved, by this time I want you to know that the Father loves you. Really. And the next level of relationship is that you need to, you see, you know Jesus as the Lord. You know him as the Lord. You know him as a master. But it is time to know him as the, bride, as the bridegroom. As a bridegroom. How many of you are going out here? You're going out. Oh, this church is wonderful. <laughs> there are many people, places when you go, how many people are going out? They, say they are not confident. But this is the first place I've seen people are confident. <laughs> but the number is so few. Once again, how many of you are going out? Let me see by hand. Pastor. Pastor T. The ungrabbed people here are many. Listen. <laughs> Only 10% have grabbed. <laughs> so, 
Sunday will link all of you together. Pastor Michael can do that work. He's a prophet. <laughs> All right. But you see, the truth is this. You have to learn how to treat Jesus as your lover. Practically. Practically. You have to receive him as your bridegroom king and take your place as a bride. Practically. Whether you are a man or a woman, you are still the bride. Whether you are a man or woman, you are still a son. There are female sons and male sons. There are male bride and female bride. We are the bride. But corporately we are the bride. But experientially you have to see yourself as an individual. Being the bride of Christ. Yeah. Praise God. So, because we are talking about romance and the grace. How to romance the divine that relationship with him and once you get into that union and communion before you realize all your problems are solved do you know that the instance you take him as your groom and you take your place as a bride tends to begin to happen let me show you something in, in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18 he said I'm the Lord God that giveth thee power to get wealth. The word get means to create wealth. That I may establish the covenant which I made with the fathers. And the Lord that God that gave thee power. Say power. power. I don't want to go far, but you know, the, the Hebrew word for power here. It's a very strange word. The Hebrew word for power here is two words that are joined together. It's not the ordinary word for power in Hebrew. It's two words joined together. That forms the word power. And those two words are the word for bride and bridegroom. The bride and the bridegroom coming together. The word, when the words come together in etymology, they form this word power to get wealth. Yeah. So that union brings so much blessing. That's why there's blessing in marriage. When you marry, your finances get better. When you marry the right person, your finances get better. That union brings financial blessing, financial bounty. I mean, the right marriage. Hallelujah. <laughs> Now, Jesus, the Song of Songs, that book is to teach us how to romance the divine. It starts by saying the Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. Why does he call it the Song of Songs? Solomon wrote so many thousand and five songs, Solomon. But for, of all the thousand and five songs, he says that this one is a song of all those songs. So it's the best among all those songs. It's the song of all those songs. It's the chief of all of them. You know? The most excellent songs. It is called the Canticle of Canticles. Verse 2. Let him kiss me. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. For thy love is better than wine. How many of you have kissed before? Oh, the marriage couples are bold. Someone is saying holy kiss. <laughs> now listen. Listen. Now it begins with the woman speaking. It was a love relationship between Solomon and a certain woman, which was of Christ and the church. 
but experientially it is Christ and you. Because female speaks of subjective experience, Christ and you. And that's how it begins. Let him, she is desiring for him to come. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. For your love, for thy love or your love, let him. Now him is third person singular. That means that at the beginning, he was quite a distance. He was in a distance. He wasn't at a close proximity. So she was desiring him to come close so that the kissing can be, can, could begin. Because you, you, you cannot kiss in spirit. <laughs> Some people do it. But the shadow is not as sweet as the antitype. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Why are you so excited about it? Now this is what it means. Sometimes when you get into prayer, you sense that the Lord is distant, but he's not. Let him. But she caused him to come. So let him. Then for your, your is second person. So the third person becomes second person. Let him. Let him. As if he's not there. He's not speaking to him directly. It was a kind of desire. Desire for the kisses of her groom. Then all of a sudden he comes and said, for your love. That's close proximity. Because he also couldn't wait to come and fulfill, fulfill the kisses. And let him kiss me with the kisses. Have you realized that the word kisses is, is plural? It's not singular. Kisses. That means it's not one. More. It's not one, it's more. It's more, it's plural. Of his mouth. Now there are different levels of kisses. The prodigal son was kissed. <laughs> Listen, the prodigal son, his father kissed his neck. Which stands for forgiveness, forgiveness of sins. Uh-huh. The disciples kissed the hands of their masters, like Judas did. Uh-huh. There were different kinds of kisses. But mouth to mouth, that one must be with, between couples, is the highest level. You understand? It's the highest intimate level. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. His mouth. And it's plural. So this is what is called a French kiss. It's the exchange of fluids. When they get into it, you don't want to come out. I've experienced it before. I'm talking practically. Not in abstract. <laughs> you know, the reason why now the Lord, you know, the marital union is the highest intimate relationship on earth. So that is what God could use to describe our union with Christ. That is the closest on earth. But it's nothing to, com- to be compared with what we are with Christ. He that is joined to his wife, we are one flesh. But when we are joined with the Lord, we are one spirit. Beloved, this is how we should love him. You have to sit down in your room. He said, Lord Jesus, how I miss you. you see, we, are, we, are, we are not taking chances. We need to take him as a bride. Sorry, as the groom. And take our position as a bride. The bride must desire the groom. And in the morning, Lord, how, how I love you. Sometimes the way we pray, 
Lord, give me this. Lord, protect me. Lord, do this. But when it comes to you taking a place as a bride, it's not action like that. It's not. It's a place for that. When it comes to action, you ask from the Father. But when it comes to love, relationship, and fellowship, it's with Jesus. I love you so much, and you know, my heart is weighing down. My love for you. Some of you have a lot of words in your mouth. You send them as text messages to people, but you have never spoken them to the Lord. Listen. The Lord is the most emotional being. If one of the most emotional being on the planet is Jesus. Every single word you, you speak to him, he feels it. Whoa, wow. You must. Hmm. Hallelujah. It's true. That's how he is. For thy love is better than wine. Wine here stands for earthly amusement, entertainment. You know, entertainment, the thing that makes us happy on earth. Money, entertainment, movies, so many things. We must come to the place where we realize that his love is better than earthly amusement. You must come to a place where you know that spending one hour with him, oh, you don't even want to leave. Sometimes when we are praying, we, we can't help it to finish. Kola mazana. It take a long time for five minutes to come. Prayer. How will you take it if I'm sitting down with your beloved and talking to him? Okay, okay, okay. So, so then you can't. How will she feel, or how will he feel? Uh, you see how Jesus is feeling. Uh-huh. He's just. And you see, you have to cultivate it, and when it begins, you begin to enjoy it. The love will, will, will overwhelm you so much that it will be greater. Of course, you, entertainment is there, but it will be greater than, than entertainment. Yeah, it will be stronger than that. When was the last time you took Jesus out? Just walk on a quiet road and talk with him. That's how you begin to encounter him, I'm telling you. You begin, to, you begin to encounter him. You, you just... Let's go on. Verse 2. Because of the savor of that good ointment, now she begins to smell. It means that she begins to smell the aroma, the savor in his ointment, in his garment. The ointment, the savor. You see, if you are standing at the back there, I cannot smell your, your, your garment. It means that they were at a close proximity. Because when you are kissing, you can't kiss this way. There's an attachment and something is happening. Please, if you're not married, don't go and try it. It's bitter when you're not married. But it's sweet when you are married. Although the Bible said, Hallelujah. All right. All right. How many of you are using the name of Jesus? I know Pastor has taught you about the name of Jesus, the name of the Lord. How many of you are using it? Yeah. Because of the savor of thy good ointments, thy name is as ointment poured forth. When you me- his anointing is attached to his name. When you mention his name, his anointing is released. Ah. All that anointing he manifested on earth is in his name. But let's go to the next verse. Draw me 
we will run after thee. Look at the pronouns. Me, it's a singular pronoun. We, it's a plural pronoun. Draw me, we will run. When God draws one person, multitude later follows. God drew Pastor T, and today we are all here. That's it. Allow yourself to be drawn, and multitude to follow. The king has brought him into his chambers. The word chambers means secret places or bedroom. So it began by calling him afar. The kissing began and it entered to the bedroom. You understand? Deeper levels of intimacy. So it is being in the secret place of the Most High. We will remember thy love more than wine. Sometimes when you watch a Nigerian movie, you, don't even rem- you can remember everything. When it comes to movies, you have a phot- photographic memory. But when it comes to scriptures and the preaching that comes from the prophet, you forget. But when you are with him, he says, we will remember that love more than earthly amusement. Because we have given ourselves to it. Now, it's not difficult. It's not difficult. Just because it's not difficult to love. But you need commitment to maintain it. Let's talk to Jesus. Right. As a, as, as a bride. Lord, I miss you so much. And when you are saying it, make sure it is heartfelt. Don't say, Lord, I miss you. No. Lord, I love you. No, don't say that. I said that this thing, I started practicing it. And I gave up. Because initially I said, yeah, this don't cry. I believed it. But I realized I was just going down. But when I was going down, then the Lord showed up. Don't know that all along the Lord has been enjoying it. But it's true. It's, it's beloved. It's wonderful. I'm telling you. What I'm teaching is not abstract. I'm still maybe a novice. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you that it works. It's a sweet fellowship. Talking to Jesus. So once in a while, I'll just go to the worship and say, Lord, I didn't come to use this place. And I've been moving about, but I've missed you deeply. I came to tell you how much I love you. Don't you think Jesus will be happy? So one day, I was, I was, I was lying down this way. Listen. All of a sudden, I heard Jesus come close to me and said, you are, you are always a darling, and that is what you will always be. I heard it. I heard it with my spirit. I heard it clear. I jumped. I said, it is working. It is working. <laughs> it is working. It's serious. Another time, like, like that, I tried to you know, be more romantic with Jesus. Talk to him. Share things with him. And another time I heard, we will never lose each other. Hmm. There are some, the rest I won't tell you. Go ahead and practice your own. <laughs> it's so wonderful. You cannot, you cannot miss the glory you have not experienced. That's why when you marry, the honeymoon must be so nice that you always miss the honeymoon experience. Honeymoon, make it special. Don't spend all your money on the wedding and mistreat the honeymoon. <laughs> it must be a memory, something that will be for the memory. And it will help you in a marriage. Always you want to just relive the experience. You cannot miss the glory you have not experienced. It's true. Our honeymoon was so wonderful. Although we're frustrated. After the wedding, the driver who was to pick us disappointed us. Can you imagine? 
And we're leaving Accra to Beige Village. And the driver didn't come. And it was getting to the evening. And we're there waiting. The driver didn't come. What should we do? We couldn't now arrange for a kind. And we had packed our things. We said, oh, I'm coming. I'm on the way. And he, we stood there for long. And he never came. He said, the devil is a liar. We'll go and enjoy this honeymoon. <laughs> we'll go and come with me, rain or shine. We'll, we'll, we'll go and so you know what we did? We chatted a taxi. Taxi. But, because we have to get there. <laughs> Whilst we're in a taxi, now listen, we passed in Koko. We entered a new Ibrim Road. We're going, uh, the driver said, <laughs> no, no, the devil was afraid. And then, I said, Master, where are we going? <laughs> and we also didn't know the place. The guy said, No. And so he was afraid we were going to do something to him. So the guy started singing praises aloud. <laughs> aloud, fast driving, just worshiping, worshiping. I so said, no one will harm you. We just got married. We, we go to a place. A man said, please, I can't go again. Get down. I'm telling you, so in the evening, 7 p.m., along the bush, the, we have to get down with our things. I said, this honeymoon, we are going to enjoy it. <laughs> we asked some people, we asked some people, please, where, where is beach? You know what they told us? Massa, there are nice hotels here. Forget about that place. <laughs> not just, and those hotels, it doesn't even match up to one star. Just, just. We have to look for another taxi to get there. But we, we relive the experience. And because the experience was glorious, we go, we go, we go back every year to different places. Every year, apart from pregnancy, everywhere we are going, because we can't wait. So you can't just wait till honeymoon. Wow! Oh. You cannot miss the glory you have not experienced. If you spend quality time with the Lord and see His glory every time, even in your lowest moment, ah, there's a cord that draws you back. Ah, oh, those times, and you still get back. The Lord is sweet. You can tell Him anything. Hallelujah. The last verse, five minutes time, we are, we are done. Verse 12. Verse 12. Verse 12. While the king seated at his table, so his, the bridegroom came, my spikenard sendeth forth the smell thereof. So now, different levels of intimacy now, they are sitting together on the table. I believe that this verse was written because of John chapter 12. John chapter 12, Lazarus had been raised from the dead and Jesus went to Bethany and he was sitting on this table with Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And on the same table, Jesus was on the table with the family of Lazarus and Mary took the alabaster box and broke the spikenard. Fulfilling the scripture. Please go back. While the king seated at his table, so his table, my spikenard. And in those days, the, the box of spikenard was so expensive that it was given as a whale. You whale it. 
And during simple ceremonies, you don't pour it. You open it and the aroma will fill the place and you close it and put it back. That's what was done. <laughs> it was so expensive. You put it down for a while or pour it. The aroma will just distill. How do you call it? What's the right word? Then you pour it back. So for you to break it means... That's what the disciples, Judah said, Ah, to what purpose is this waste? Eh? Look at the poor. <laughs> Look at the poor people. <laughs> To what purpose is this waste? So, but as they sat down, I believe Lazarus had told Mary, life after death, what he saw, and their estimation for Jesus was now far greater. And as they sat with Jesus, Mary saw Jesus, Jesus saw his surpassing worth, and took the most expensive thing she had, that Jesus, you are more expensive than this. You just broke it and put it on Jesus. That is true. By this time, you should know that word worship is from worth, worship. Worship in etymology is from worship. You cannot worship if you don't know the, the true worth of the Lord. As you sit in fellowship with Him, your eyes are open to see His wonders, His excellencies, His supremacies. His glories, his splendors, his magnificence. You see him as he is by revelation. And once you've seen him, you cannot keep the box with you. You just break the spark nut. You break it. You, the reason why, that's why I'm saying that intimacy with the Lord is the solution for everything. Fruit bearing. Sometimes we speak of the word sacrifice. Sacrifice is not strange for lovers. I wonder if I fall in love before. I'm in the initial love. Whatever the person is, you just you want to go there. When, when I was in secondary school, there's, there's a certain prefect in my school, in fancy school. Well, that guy was interested in a certain lady as gay. The prefect walked from... <laughs> love. What love can do. And from that time, he had a nickname after now. <laughs> just by trekking. <laughs> but it's love. It's love language. It's, it's, it's love. I mean, it's love. Sacrifice is not too much for love. Because I mean, sitting at the table, she just took the most expensive thing. I believe that 10,000 words cannot convince her to pour it. But seeing him, she just took it and broke it and poured it on him. The more we know him by love relationship, the more we are able to sacrifice. And what sacrifice doesn't even exist with us. To us, it is love. And it's even a privilege on our side. We can just do anything for him. Hallelujah. Just, just sit down and close your eyes. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at Christworldinc.com. God bless you.